If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. All right, like we do every week now, no intro needed. We are here. We are back. Overtime with TRPE episode three. Uh, shout out to um, our in-studio guests that we had on the regular pod that uh, will be out by the time you hear this. Uh, Butter Obama and uh, Tat Money from uh, Casual Luxury and Rejuvenated Love, respectively. Two separate companies. I got um, my rejuvenated love hat on. We have hats on right now. You got um, a lot of fro hanging out the back of the hat. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm really frolicious right now. I Yo, yesterday when you hair. was like, every night I go to sh- to sleep with a with a perfect fro, I wake up with a gumby. <laughs> 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 That's how I be feeling about my beard. Yeah, like, I'm, try, I'm trying to figure out like, what do I be doing in my sleep? Is like my biggest thing, like fam. Like, am I like literally like burrowing my head into the pillow at night, and then that's how I wake up like that? Because I literally end up looking like Bobby Brown in the every little step I take video every single fucking morning. I mean, that's what happens. Honestly, that's how my beard be. Like, I wake up, my <laughs> shit will all be the fuck over here, it'll all be over there. Yeah, my shit won't like grow right here because I sleep on the one side. Yeah, I, like, I was like, I had that going on for a like, Honestly, you know what? I start, I started taking biotin. Ah. Uh. So I should start taking biotin. And I've been using our beard etiquette shit. Yeah. But biotin helps with your hair and your nails. Oh, perfect. All right, yeah. well, I got to get me some biotin today. The the thing with getting in better shape and, like, eating better and all that bullshit is when you start going to GNC and you start buying shit, they start giving you points. Right. So when it comes time to use points, <laughs> you just buy a bunch of bullshit you never... Yeah. I, I take fish oil, omega-3, 6, and you 9. You know, I got all that shit. I went in CVS one day. Everything was, like, buy one, get nine free. Yeah. And I just went in there and just bought everything that I could fucking buy. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. So, uh... We had the regular pod already. Uh, right, right, this is right. overtime for our Patreon people. Uh, we also have an announcement um, coming soon. Do we have an announcement? We have an announcement. This is new to me. Coming soon. You are the spearhead behind the announcement. Coming soon, we will be doing TRPE Daily. Oh, shit. I am the spearhead. <laughs> <laughs> Your fucking idea, dummy. We'll be doing TRPE Daily on Patreon. Uh, 15 to 30 minute, you know, just this just in uh breaking news special topics you know hoes getting on people's nerves whatever it may be i like it because we can start doing zooms with people absolutely bringing them we in can, we can add people in yeah. uh so yeah so starting soon probably uh next week uh trpe daily on patreon uh, official t- official trpe on patreon patreon.com slash official trpe can't talk today. Shout out to the people who got it cracking already on yeah, Patreon. For we sure. We are, we are officially over the 100 subscriber mark on Patreon. We appreciate everybody so much. Um, you know, if you want to get multiple content per month on the uh, Patreon, make sure you're at least at the uh, 824 <sighs> level, which is the Mama Forever mm-hmm. level. That's going to give you a minimum of two additional pods per month, um, plus some low bonus content and stuff like that. And then uh, for the VIP tier, we're going to start doing the AMAs, which is part Part of the uh, TRPE daily, uh, the live streams and all of that stuff, which will be starting next week. Yeah, what's up, man? So today, you wanted to curse some niggas out. I want to curse some niggas out. Okay. Like, just came back from Atlanta. Actually, had fun. Had a good time. Um, however, 
the business behind me being in Atlanta wore me the fuck up. Now you had multiple multiple events. Events. I had a Friday night event. Right. Pooh Shiesty at Revel. I had a Saturday day event, Magic City, with the legend Gigi McGuire in Indiana. Saturday night, we had a night party at Vivid Club, which used to be V Live Atlanta. You. Okay. I'm just making sure. Yeah, I don't know what those utility uh, say, the utility belt tools are yeah. right there on the desk. That might be John, one of the Johns. Oh, that's Taylor's. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, Saturday night, Vivid Club used to be V Live Atlanta. Vivid Club, shout out Team Lucky, uh, Dream Doll, ESTG, who just signed a CMG, uh, DJ Self, and then it was grinding DJ Self up all weekend. Yeah, I mean he he he, he just can't win. Being the horniest nigga of <laughs> his era has defined him and yeah. outlived any accomplishments he may or may yeah, not have had. It's bad man. Uh. So that was Saturday, and then last night we had well yesterday we had a brunch at Garden Park, and then we had a night party at Red Martini, sunset party six p.m. to twelve uh, a.m. Shout out uh, ATL Jones for allowing us to be a part of that event with him. So in doing these events, it re- once I got into the minutia of it, it reminded me why I do not do events no more. I even uh even my man was like, damn, Chad back in the party shit. And I'm like, I don't know. No. No, 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 no. Basically, I get a phone I all right, so before I get a phone call, let's take it back. My last real like hardcore go at it foray with nightlife was the end of Vanity Grand. Okay. My partner John Meehan sold Vanity Grand in January of 2019. At that time, we basically had a 90-day window to continue to operate the club, get our last little rocks off, and skate. Right. He ended up selling it to a guy named Gus who owns Sin City in New York, owns another show bar in New York, a spot in Dallas, blah, blah, blah. He's part of a nightclub conglomerate. Shout out to Gus. So... In exiting Vanity Grand with this 90-day window, I was basically allowed as the marketing director to just go balls to the wall, book whatever the fuck I wanted, do whatever the fuck I wanted. Anything that made sense, we did it, we booked it, etc. Chinese Kitty, fucking G Herbo, Money Bag Yo, Lil Dirk, uh, Flip De Niro, like you name it, we fucking booked it mm-hmm. for this 90-day window. And we absolutely smashed it. To the point where I'm just comfortable disclosing this now. It's two years removed. I made about two hundred and twenty thousand dollars in the last ninety days of Vanity Grand going out the door. Like, okay. put that money in my pocket, and it basically positioned me to be set up to do other shit and make other moves, which leads me to where I am now. So that money was a springboard for the rest of my fucking life to be able to pick and choose of what I want to do, what I don't want to do, and just not be bothered with niggas in general. Mm-hmm. I had little small little passion projects here and there, shit I was doing, Mirage, reserve dates and shit like that because me and Mike Clark have a relationship, so I was programming stuff over there because I was still kind of in it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I just wanted to kind of prove that like I wasn't finished post-Vanity Grand and that that club didn't define who I was as a promoter, and I still had... A lot in the tank but once COVID came around fucked everything off it forced me to take a look at myself and say do you want to keep being a part of something where 
you have to basically commit to spending half of what you're going to make before you even know what you're going to make. It's a dumb, perverse setup in terms of a business model. Because even with a great deal structure in place as a promoter, you still got to spend money in order to make money. Right. You got to fucking get flyers designed. You got to fucking possibly pay this host, pay this artist, whatever, whatever. There's a lot of what ifs, and you don't know if it's going to rain. You don't know if it's going to snow. You don't know if the club will get struck by lightning. You don't know if the health department going to come shut these motherfuckers down for some shit from four years ago. There's a lot of guesswork that goes into being a part of nightlife. That people probably don't think about. That people don't think about. But I think about because it's all I think about when I'm doing this shit. And it literally, I think about this shit to the point where it gives me anxiety even to talk about it. Because there's all this, like, these little small moving parts that go into the final production that people don't understand. And it's a people-pleasing business. Opening up an Audemars. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like. It's a people-pleasing business on top of all that. So not only do you have to do all these detail-oriented things in order to have your ducks in a row, you got to deal with the most irrational, craziest motherfuckers in life that <laughs> no matter how direct you are with them and spell shit out to them about what's of what's this and what's that and what they can get for this and blah, 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 they still will try to innately just get more from you. To the point where it kind of sucks a little bit of your soul out of you because you have to be everything to everybody knowing that they're going to give you damn near nothing in return other than money sometimes. Right. Because a lot of times the majority of the work that you got to do is for people that ain't even going to spend no money with you. They just want to go through the motions and just talk you to death and just try to peel back layers of the onion and get information to turn around and do nothing or they hit you with the oh yeah it's January oh well, cool I was calling about some about a birthday party for June I'm gonna holler back at you around April nigga what <laughs> <laughs> are you crazy motherfucker so I'm gonna holler at you back around June that's funny as so shit. that's the shit that like, I would have to go through as the, I'm the as the marketing director for a multi-million dollar uh, complex I'm the first line of defense on everything when the club phone rings it rings to everybody loves McDonald's fries so yes you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home um but the bag did feel a little light Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. my cell phone because there's no office hours outside of Monday when they're there doing payroll whatever whatever Every other day of the week, that phone rings to my cell phone, my company's cell phone. I'm taking hundreds, sometimes thousands of calls on an event week with all these different people that want all this different shit. I say that to say it's an exhausting, thankless fucking job, except when you hit and you really make a lot of money. And typically, the only way to really hit is to catch a smoking hot artist on the way up where his number is not to a point where it financially cripples you and max out with the event. Mm -hmm. For instance, Lil Dirk. I had Lil Dirk when he was still in a regular type of numbers situation. I paid Dirk like seventeen five to do my birthday party, one of the parties we did on the Bon Voyage tour of Vanity Grand. Paid him seventeen five. We made fifty grand at the door, fifty grand at the bar, another five grand in parking, like just endless amounts of money per what we had to pay out. So that's how you win. At the point where the artist's notoriety catches up to his demand. Now he wants 50 now for a walkthrough. Now he wants 50 and you can't 
necessarily make much more than 50 because you know what it looks like when you paid them 17.5 and you made 50 and it was like we can't move in this motherfucker but you almost still have to do it for the sake of the overall picture even though the money factor is not the same right it's a job where the the night could be lit but not profitable bingo right. and and I got to a point where I talked about this on the podcast a million times. I'll say it again for the Patreon audience. 2013, I went dead broke because only thing I had going on was parties. And at that point, I was chasing because the scene was changing and I didn't realize it. People were going from like nightclubs to local bars and shit like that. And I was like one of the last motherfuckers to get the memo. And in a situation like that, you have all this bread and then you look up, you got 30 grand, you got 23 grand, you got 17 grand, then you got 14 grand. Then you look up and you down to your last 7,000. Listen, I can tell you. <laughs> listen. You get down to that last 7,000 and you like, listen. shit, like, rise, rise, what we going to do? Rise my witness, nigga. I'm riding around with 40 in a truck. You know what I'm saying? When I was like heavy playing poker every motherfucking night and you have a couple bad sessions, a couple bad joints, you be looking around. I'm looking down the center console like I'm I'm looking down. Ain't nothing you know, but thirty two hundred in there. Like what the fuck is going on? Dog, where, I, where's the brand? Yo, listen, I, I like this because we can talk. Like I had a night where I lost thirteen grand in a casino, and I was I had to like check myself. Like this ain't even like what the fuck am I doing? Cause you chasing, dog. I'm pl I was in there playing baccarat. Word to leak. Leak had me in the back. We was playing baccarat. I don't know. I to this day <laughs> do not know how to play baccarat. <laughs> you know what Leek was giving me as advice to do? Do what the Asian boy do. All right. <laughs> That's what the fuck I was doing. Exactly. So it's so it's a parallel. It's the same sort of shit when you chasing. And the craziest part about that night that I lost the thirteen grand, I was up two grand to start. Could have just walked away. I was up two thousand playing poker, and went to eat. Came back. I went, the, uh, they had picked up my chips from the table. You know, yeah. you can leave your chips at the table. But an hour had passed and it was rolling that night. So they took my chips so I lost my seat. Excuse me. That was at a a 2-5. They only had a 2-5 deep stack. So I'm like, yeah. fuck it. I'm going to go over there. Then I went over there and got fucking smoked, like annihilated. So I was like, fuck it. Lee was like, come on, let's go play some, uh, some blackjack. I'm like, all right, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Went upstairs, start playing blackjack. 500, 500, 500. I'm like, yo, I can't catch an ace. I'm like, that shit is nuts. We leave from blackjack, we start playing fucking roulette. Roulette shit is dangerous than a motherfucker. You know, you know you chasing when you start playing roulette. We started playing slots. I was like, we doing real bad. <laughs> we was at the dollar slots in the high limit. <laughs> Playing slot machine every spin, 550. Just letting it roll, <laughs> letting it roll, letting it roll. We get up from that shit. I go back to the roulette table. Now I'm like, fuck, I'm going back to the car. I'm yeah. walking out. My shit in valet. Like, I'm going down to bother the valet people. Hey, let yeah. me see my keys real quick. I'm like, I ain't taking it. I just need my keys. Let me see the keys. Yeah, I go get more money. I come back and we back playing roulette. I go back to the poker room, get yeah. smoked in that junk. Then, like I said, I went up. I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to get some breakfast because now it's like four in the morning. <laughs> I go get some breakfast. Eggs is on the menu. Yeah, <laughs> eggs and bacon and shit, little omelet and shit. I go to get some breakfast. I'm like, fuck it. I'm not tired. I'm going back. I start playing blackjack in the high limit zone, getting cooked. Yeah. Leak like, yo, let's go fuck with the Baccarat shit. I'm like, I never even played that right. shit. He's like, all you got to do is get make sure you don't go above nine. I'm like, oh, that shit, that sounds easy. <laughs> 
We go to fuck back there. I'm like, yo, that shit, the Asian motherfucker smoking cigarettes, taking notes. It's the only game in the casino that lets you take notes. It's crazy. And them motherfuckers, they play for big money on that shit. And I'm talking about, I don't have a clue what the fuck is going on. We just follow what the fuck they doing. When they cheer, we cheer. When they sad, we sad. Like, that's what it is. And it's like, yeah, I looked up at it and then I was down 13. I was just like, all right, I'm out of control. Yeah. Because this ain't even, you know what I'm saying? Like, and the crazy part is with the poker shit, it's fast. Like the party shit, it's fast yeah. if you rolling and you really you go to like, uh, it's a one three six game. Well, they're not doing it now, of course, at Harris because yeah. they shut the poker room down. But it was a one three six game in Harris where you can go to that motherfucker, do Staley, uh, uh, David Simon, the motherfucker who wrote the wire. He be sitting there, fucking um, Angelo Cataldi. You know what I'm like? Yeah. Motherfuckers just be in there and it, it be 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 grand on the table. So it's like, yeah, you get a big game. I tell you, the first night I played ten ten. At uh, Parks It was a must move On Tuesday night I bought him for $1,000 Cashed out $8,700 i am like This is what I'm doing With my life I made $7,000 The night I called out of work That night Like I'm not gonna make $7,000 this month Right I made that shit The <laughs> night I'm like, This is what I'm doing With my life Till you come in there Tomorrow and lose Four grand And you like Hey y'all got some You gotta run over <laughs> I'm about to come down Like real shit So it's like It's fast Yeah but it can go fast. It can go. It can go the opposite it way. It can go the opposite hurry. way in a fucking so heartbeat. Yeah. And I'm being so specific about numbers and where and all of that to paint the picture that at that end point of Vanity Grand, the nightlife game don't owe me shit. Mm-hmm. I had ten great years of doing parties. Some years was better than others. 2012 was a great year. 18, 19 was a fucking great year. I met a ton of people. I made a bunch of contacts. People that I know all around the country, all that. The shit don't owe me nothing. I'm cool with doing nothing. Mm-hmm. So, boom, pandemic hits. Everything shuts down. So, now at this point, I'm like, do I want to continue to try to, like, force this through an unprecedented time of life where motherfuckers don't know where their next meal coming from. Right. Like, people losing jobs, people dying, all types of shit. Do... Do I want to be the nut-ass party promoter to where it's like, yeah, I know motherfuckers is dying, but it's still lit tonight, baby. Pull up. Like, and it's like nut shit. And it's like, yo, I value being a man over trying to make a quick buck or capitalize off of people's sorrow and they cabin fever and like all of that weird shit that party promoters do. I, I remember when the party promoter shit got very strange to me from the outside looking in where it was like motherfuckers who I never knew as party promoters were party promoting promoting. parties. And and I'll never forget, I had somebody say to me, I won't say his name, but I had him say to me, yo, y'all need to be promoting parties. And I was like, who? He was like, you and all your homies, y'all, because y'all all y'all like the popular niggas on the gram. And I'm like, well, we just be like making memes about each other. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that doesn't make a good party. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, that's really all me, Kurt. Yeah. That's all we was it doing. Was was, it was just slander. That was all it was. I'm like, that don't uh, that don't like equal a great party. Yeah. He's, I'm just saying, like, you, you got to follow and like motherfuckers pay attention to what you do. And I'm just like, yeah, but like, if I promote a party and then don't come, how does that look? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. But I realized like just how anybody around that little time period that had 1,200 followers was like, yo, meet me here. Meet me yeah. here. Meet me over here. And it'd be like, I don't, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And I've seen, you know, because I've been in this shit for so long, I've seen the Philly nightlife go through so many different transformations from where 
back in the day when I was like a late teen, early twenties, going out downtown was everything to people in Philly. I say like when I was younger and we actually did go out. That was yo, we going downtown. We going downtown. We going downtown. Tonight. It was a big deal, and we would fucking meet up at a central location, get mm-hmm. the caravan of cars, mm-hmm. pull up this and this, and it would be like a cool experience. We, we going to Chrome. We going to we motherfucking going to Old Denim. City, Denham. What was the that was the joint on Walnut Street? Yeah, yeah. Across, yeah we go to. I remember going in there. Going like Denham, we going to the uh, other joint across the street. Uh, I forget the name of that shit. The Walnut Room. Walnut Dog, Room. Dog, right? Walnut. Yo, we yeah, shout out, right? We used to be the Walnut Room. All yeah, that shit. So it's yeah. like I've seen it. See how from, I actually know these things? Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it go from that to. I don't know where the fuck the they going now. The corner bar shit. Like, mm-hmm. And I'm partially responsible for the bar aesthetic in Philly for two reasons. One, Big Bangs on Mondays. I remember that. Downtown, but that's a bar. Like straight up, like you go in there and get a motherfucking deuce deuce during the daytime. That <laughs> is a bar. It's, it's not even Big Bangs anymore. It's, uh, it's the Ale House. Ale or something. House. Yeah. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Yeah, the, Whatever the fuck. Beef and ale. Beef or and ale. Yeah. So our Monday nights there were so big and so we used to have to lock the door at 12 o'clock we come there set up shop at nine o'clock by 12 o'clock we got to lock the door and it's one in one out i remember i came to your john over on chestnut street mikey's where the post office was you talking about you said on chestnut street you talking about the uh it indoor, was near the big out, post office at 30th street indoor outdoor street yeah mikey's, yeah, mikey's. okay yeah yeah i remember i came there so mikey's, that was had the big things yeah the, yeah the, 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 <laughs> the, 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 the uh towers yeah the, yeah, the yeah, towers i mean yeah. i had one of them yeah so like a hoe. Situation happened at Big Bangs. Niggas get into it. My homie stabs my other homie. Right on. Get the whole shit shut down. The shit make the news. The whole everything. Yeah. So now we asked out because City Hall is across the street. Right. From, from Big Bangs. Like, no, that's the municipal Yeah, building. no, that's it right there. <laughs> no, that's it. They held a press con- They didn't even have to go nowhere. I wish people could see the point. And you're like, <laughs> boss, the plan. The- they, they didn't have to go nowhere to hold the press conference. Yeah, right. Hell yeah, we gonna walk down the street, go have yeah. a press conference and label these motherfuckers a nuisance bar on television in front of the whole city of Philadelphia. Big Bang Street, they had to like, change the name behind that shit. They had to change yeah. everything. And here's the thing. The owners was so cool. They was with whatever. They was on, man, fuck this. They, they ain't. But once the mayor show up in front of your door... You're done. Nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. Y'all getting the fuck out of here. This is the truth. So then the evolution of Big Bangs on Mondays was Mikey's on Mondays. Slow, 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 slow. Then the shit explodes and we're doing three times the amount of people we was doing on Mondays at Big Bangs because now we have an indoor, outdoor element. It's springtime. Soon as it get warm, the first 70 degree night, there's 700 people here. We're making part like artist driven party money on a Monday night. Five, six, seven thousand dollars each. Five ways. Exactly. Goofy, crazy shit like that. I gotta have event security that now do event security for Jay-Z and Beyonce doing my event. Cause that's right. how big it was on a fucking Monday night. So Big Bangs, this, then after midnight. So after midnight was the first of its kind before Uncut, before. The only other thing around the same time as after midnight was Rose Lounge, which is now Barco up on Germantown. And, uh, I remember that feet drug me in there one night. On, I'm sorry, on Hunting, Germantown and Hunting Park. Right. 
you get your issue around there. Yeah. Them niggas be that sex was like, Wasn't it triple play at one point? It was triple play. Yeah, feet drug me in there. So one first night. it was Rose. <laughs> Shout out oh, to I L. Then it was triple play. And that's when Camaro Rob, Ron, and A yeah. Book came together at first to do They did that together. And then they left and then they did. Then they had Chef shoot. Millie cooking. They had Chef Millie cooking. I remember one night me and Lee went to uh, uh, Del Frisco's and the whole triple play crew walked into the. It was like NWO. <laughs> that shit was nuts. It was insane. It was like 40 of them. Yeah. It was it was like really like NWO walking into the fucking arena. Think about the time where literally you could show up to a restaurant with 40 people. Yeah. And it was nobody was stripping. Nobody. Like, wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> so, so, you know, so at some point the whole aesthetic changed from like we go out downtown on the weekends. The bar shit is for, you know, Sunday through Thursday, whatever, to No, I'm gonna oh, keep no, it a we doing you. everything in the Even bar. back in the day, the bar was like Cause we had bars in my neighborhood. We had Rosie's, and then I remember all the like Tamikas. Tamikas would niggas would go over there. Then it was like um, Julie's. Motherfuckers would go there back in the day. Um, the Happy, the Hap. Um, it was one up near uh, what's they called? Black Wanda's. Yeah, I, 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 you you get you get your issue. You, right you playing games going <laughs> going up there, but still, it's like I remember going into the Happy back in the day. Like I'm talking about like. Oh four, oh yeah. five, and like going in there, and I remember my, my man Ross was like, "Fuck is up with you?" And I'm like, "I ain't happy," and it's you know, like, this, this, <laughs> "I ain't happy," and I ain't happy, and it like, <laughs> so the bar shit for us was like, no. Right, because we want to be cool. Exactly. That's how. We, mind you, we was young. So we yeah. twenty one, twenty. You're not going to see the bad bitches in the bars. We looked at the bars more so for like the old heads. Exactly. Like even when I first started a sub, you forgot I started a sub when I was twenty three. Yeah. Oh nine, I was. Tw- what was that? 11 years 12, 12 years, years ago? ago Yeah What am I now 36 So 24 Yeah I remember like All the All the, all the niggas That worked at my John You know where they go You know that's uh, I, I call it Murderer's Row <laughs> For scumbag old ass <laughs> That hunting park stretch Where it's like Waltz Devil's Island Lou and Shoes uh, What's they Tender touch Tender touch I walked into the touch nigga The ceiling was like right yeah. here I t- What I tell you Remember when we was talking about I said I was in uh, in, tempt- in Temptations yeah. The motherfucking bar Was at my chest <laughs> That's the first sign That you don't know What you getting yourself into Dog All the niggas at my job Would be like Yo young blood We going to Lou and Choose Yo we going to the touch And I'd be like I'm not going to fuck over. I'm 24 <laughs> yeah. I'm like I'm not coming to fuck over there I'm like if I go out I'm going to McCormick and Schmidt And I'm going to go to Walnut Room Yeah, You know what I'm saying Rod DJing at Walnut Room Or he DJing at the vault you know that's where Rob was really. You the know what I'm saying? Vault was my shit. So oh it's, my god! It, it's, it's like it's all these different places that I know. Like one, Rob going DJ at. Yeah. Two, I got different ties and different people doing security at. You know. So it's like the hood bar shit was like not like trying to be funny. Young niggas wasn't even going there. No. Like back in our like young nigga shit. The bar was like you had to have on like a velour and you had to be forty, real shit. <laughs> yeah, no to, Like I remember going to Tamika's. I was by twenty five plus. You had to be twenty five plus. I remember going, going Tamika's. into Tamika's with Big Mike and and Bruce and I, I was the youngest nigga in there. Yeah, motherfuckers. Everybody in there was calling me Neff. <laughs> like that's when you know you're around yeah. old. Like it was no young people in there. Yeah. So to see now where the hood bar is like, I drive to thirty three late night and I come past uncut and it's. 50 young bitches twerking outside. The bitches pulled the bike right down <laughs> and got on that joint and was twerking. I'm like, oh, that shit is banana. <laughs> so to see that where it's yeah. like, that's the go-to. Yeah. It's like just knowing where it came from, the yeah. genesis of it is like, damn. So what killed the nightlife in Philly is once the downtown clubs had to compete with the local bars because people are having 
promoted organized birthday parties at the local bar? That's where I was about to go. I think the local bar became be, things became to be promoted differently yes. to a younger it became demographic. A destination. Yeah. So now it's like, all right, this is the example I always give people. Say if I live in Overbrook Park, I live right. at 75th and Woodbine. Right. If I'm coming through on a local route to go to fucking uh even if I'm going somewhere, say in Rittenhouse, 21st in Market, whatever, I gotta fucking come down. I gotta pass uh the connection on on fucking Haverford. I gotta pass whatever other bar is around Mr. C's. Gerard. I gotta pass motherfucking. Uh, I've been in there one. I gotta night. pass the White Horse on Lancaster. Uh-huh. I gotta pass fucking uh, Jolly's West on 38th in Lancaster, right. and then. Maybe get to my location, yeah. but so so now at the point where it's something promoted going on at every single one of these, what the fuck am I going downtown for? That's what I was about to say. So back in the day, I remember going into these like uh, Rosies or going into Happy End. There was a jukebox. You motherfuckers with I, I remember the one on. He was like, "Hey, man, give me a deal. I'm gonna put some." He went up there and put on the uh, ice cube. The dun, 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 that John, yeah. you can do it. Put your back. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that shit. So it's like you got a hood bar where they selling beer and mixed drinks. It's a jukebox. Yeah. They got some food. And it's like people who just got off of work, people who, you know, older people who going out for the night just want to be on some chill vibe shit. So motherfuckers was going downtown. Yeah. But you fast forward now where the hood bar is a promoted event. They selling bottles. It's a real live DJ in there, and yeah. not just any old DJ. Yeah. It's DJ Old Boy, DJ A yeah. Boogie. Like it's and real DJs. All in there. the young bitches you want to see is and on the flyers. All the young bitches is in that <laughs> joint, and then you and when you ride past, it's a ghost. <laughs> you like, man? I ain't going to fuck downtown. Yeah, I literally had nights where when I um when they I re- rode past Uncut uh, North one night. Yeah, it was a ghost, a ghost, a fucking. Uh, the 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 Benz, the G wagon, and a fucking Bentley coupe sitting out front of the uncut, and I'm just like, this is 22nd in Indiana, yeah. chief. Like that's some shit you see in front of State 48 or in front of fucking Union yeah. Trust. That shit sitting at the hood bar. Yeah. So the hood see that and it's like, oh shit, I'm going this in. Is, this is where it's at. This is the pinnacle. Then the you buck ride stops past here. You see fucking six, seven thick ass young bitches in little dresses standing in line showing their IDs going in. You like Phantom IDs. I can get my gat in it. This Big asses. Is I'm in it. This is where I'm at. So, so once you know the 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 hood bar became the pinnacle of nightlife for you know for this younger generation, it basically murdered downtown, and you right. can see it economically. All the clubs are closed, mm-hmm. even before the pandemic. Denim became Coda. Became Coda. That's closed. gone. Walnut Room Walnut is gone. Room, gone. Um, even the restaurant downstairs. The restaurant Walnut gone. Room, gone. Cebu, all that shit. All that shit. Yeah. I, Old City basically outlawed. You can't even have a party in Old City while talking to the neighborhood commission. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's like, literally like Rotten Ralphs yeah, and shitless self food. It's South Street is the last little bit of semblance, and they all they really bars. Like yeah. his and hers is a AO say his and hers is a pizza joint with hookah. Yeah. Fucking Mirage is a lounge with Mediterranean food and hookah. Like, but it's not a nightclub. No. You know what I'm saying? And you can't treat it as such. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. 
and don't even get me started on the music, Pam offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. It's driven around being seated, eating food, smoking hookah, and possibly bottle service. That's what it's based around. Mm -hmm. So it's not comparable to a 1,700-person standing room only nightclub with some sections. Mm -hmm. The section became, and that's the other thing, section culture murdered the fucking nightlife. I was having this conversation with a young lady recently, and she was saying, I was saying how back in the day there were no sections. And she was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm like, there were, you, there were sections, but it wasn't like it was like. You weren't inferior if you didn't have one. Like, me, I drive like if me, Tat, and Jared, we all three work us up. Do we go out tomorrow night? Nigga, we get in a section. Yeah, like, I'm not just going to this joint. Right, you I know, just get be in there trying to figure some shit I out. I told you when Jules was like, yeah, we gonna go to the spot. You know what I'm saying? Down Charlotte for his birthday, and we were just standing. There. I'm like, we not going in. He's like, oh, I'm waiting for my man to come. You know, get the section. I'm like, we got a section, like, because <laughs> it's like n- niggas. You go somewhere and don't have a section. It's like you a piece of shit. Yeah. So the section culture fucked it up even further right. because now when you soliciting people to do a birthday party or do this and that, da 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 the promoters for these little bars is throwing the kitchen sink at motherfuckers because they overhead is dramatically lower than yours. So if you're a downtown promoter, you trying to compete for the same parties, parties that normally would find you are going to these local bars. Mm-hmm. You really can't compete because they bottles is $150. Yours is three hundred and fifty dollars. Right. It's like all my people's gonna be at this shit, and the bottles is two hundred dollars less. Versus, like, mm-hmm. what am I getting for my money? And it became to a point where there was this juxtaposition of the clubs versus the bars, where they became on equal footing at some point. And that's basically where it is now. So we're at a point where through the whole pandemic, all the clubs are closed. It's right. over. Like it's done. Mm-hmm. The only clubs that are open are Sin City and Bucks. And you know why they open? Because they have a robust uh, kitchen in the spot that allows them Bucks to is the old Onyx, Onyx. which allows them to circumvent the nightclub law because they are ba- essentially operating as a dine-in uh, kitchen. Yeah. But in order to run the end around, they come in with talent and, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, Coyle Ray going to be here. Yeah. Why you eat your chicken tenders? Yeah. Like, so it's, it's all this like trickery that has to go on because motherfuckers got to survive financially and they really don't know shit else. Like right. these motherfuckers really don't have no other skills. I talk to these people. I know them all. They kind of retarded a little bit. Like, they don't really have no other transferable skills to where it's like, oh, you're going to go be a titan in business or you're going to go start a clothing line with us. Like, these motherfuckers don't really have no right. skills. And then you've seen at the beginning of the pandemic when they shut everything down, phase one, niggas was doing Damn. all Niggas selling T-shirts and C-Boss and <laughs> hand jobs and <laughs> niggas was selling everything under the sun because they literally was C-Boss. living party to party. <laughs> Motherfuckers is really living party to party, and a lot of times they tricking is here. They in, they tricking is here. They uh, income might be here. So if they miss a week of income, of income, 
still got tricking. They still got tricking going on because they yeah. committed a certain lifestyle to ten bitches. So it's like, yeah, my my rent don't stop coming because you can't throw no parties, nigga. You got to figure something out. Mm. So what a lot of happened is a lot of promoters had cash flow issues when the pandemic started. I wasn't one of them because, as I stated before, I made all that money leaving out Vanny Grant. Plus, I got other shit going on. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of good people that put me into shit where I can make money. I didn't have the problem that everybody else had. So motherfuckers was literally itching. Counting down the days till like, yo, when is this shit going to come back? And it's to the point where now you fast forward a year post shutdown. Motherfuckers are throwing. It's like they had glorified speakeasies. Hootenannies. Hootenannies. Fucking the only hootenanny that was consistently going on in Philly. It was a Jamaican after hour on Essington. Oh, no, sorry, Passion. 61st and Passion. Right next door to the gas station. Mm -hmm. Outdoors. Outdoors. Eight in the morning. Don't start popping till three thirty. That was the only thing, and I know people that was going, like respectable working class people and shit that was going. They was like, "Oh, I had the time of my life. It's the best shit ever." That was the only thing. Now everything. I knew, meets I knew that it was aesthetic. crazy when I saw an outdoor hoot nanny. Um, they were selling tables on the outdoor hoot nanny, and yeah. it was a picnic table. <laughs> and I, I was just like. This is where we've gotten to a society. Yeah, but but niggas are buying into it. Yes. You know what I'm saying? As a consumer. Yes, that's you, the point I'm making. As a consumer, you have a right to be like, this is some bullshit. Yeah. I'm not paying you 500 for a picnic table, my nigga. Like, no. Like the drum where you got to like put your legs in. Yeah. Yeah. But nobody batted an eyelash. They're like, all right, cool. I need a section. Oh, these are sections? I need a section. Yeah. So... A section of the yard. <laughs> I need a section. Like, you know, it's grass and gravel around this motherfucker. I need right? a like, section of the yard. <laughs> Can't nobody come can on you, this can part you of the yard. Can you put two of these together for me? I need, I got like 30 people. You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. So, this is, In where, the yard. We, this like, is where we are. So, I stated this on Twitter a couple weeks ago. And I basically said, like, yo, Philly nightlife is finished. The only motherfuckers that don't know it is, like, the six niggas that's flooding my timeline and they staff. They the only ones that don't know it's over. But here's the thing. They're making so much money right now because the people that want to go out will go anywhere. Mm -hmm. The motherfuckers that don't care about COVID, they're just itching. To, they'll go anywhere. Yeah. They don't give a they'll, fuck. They'll literally go, so to they'll a, they'll go to a barn. They'll pay $50 to get in the barn. They'll pay $60 to get in the back of a converted furniture store. Like, they don't. Yeah, what was that about? That's a real thing. Yeah, I know. I saw that on Twitter. The they're other bringing day. talent to the back of the furniture store. Like, like Joe Frazier's Joe? Like, not necessarily that one, oh, but another say, one. Joe Rollin, man. <laughs> like, y'all playing games with Joe. But that's what's going on. And niggas don't realize that in the long run, y'all are killing yourselves because once people get accustomed to the culture of staying out till six, seven, eight, nine in the morning, they'll never pay you to come out from 10 to 2 again. It's over. Mm -hmm. So basically, you would have to then use whatever 10 to 2 setup you have as a feeder system as to like get a, motherfuckers uh, out, a loss leader. Like a gateway. A gateway yeah. or a loss leader, like they say in fashion, yeah. to get motherfuckers out for free to charge them later for the after hour somebody the other day was like one of the biggest loss leaders in uh walmart and sam's club is the the chickens the rotisserie chickens yeah they don't make money all this shit they lose what they do is they put them at the back of the store and it's crazy if you ever go in sam's club the chickens is all the way in the back you don't fuck up my bag man. i need that the um it was like the uh the the chickens is all the way in the back 
and they put them there because they know your you mind. Walk past a you hear five dollar <laughs> rotisserie chicken that's big as shit. I'm yeah. going to get that, yeah. but you got to walk past the entire motherfucking store just to, to get, get it. And by chicken. the time you get back there, you got a cart full of shit, <laughs> and you just like. Chickens ain't ready yet. <laughs> Seriously, that shit is like I've I, I, I read this thing the other day about loss leaders, yeah. and it's some shit you really don't think about till you're yeah. thinking about it. It's a real deal business thing that unless you uh, again are educated on it, you don't even think about the shit. It's not even like a thought. So I say that to say that motherfuckers don't realize that they are damning themselves in the long run. But the average party promoter in a urban market like philadelphia is not thinking about like what's next because i mean again, the average person all they're worried about is right now right now chicken like, yeah i got these five bitches that i told i was gonna pay their rent if they kept my motherfucking weed in the crib i gotta pay their rent i gotta figure this shit out you know what i'm saying the weed ain't necessarily selling right now but i gotta keep these parties going in order to keep the shit going right you know what I'm saying? so that's what's going on so that brings me to where I was going to say present day. Present day. Where you had not a good time. I, I, I had a great time. As you had far a great time as far as that, as that. what's going on. Exactly. But the <sighs> business was totally fucked up. So where did it go left at? Where it went left at is that when they initially came to me about doing this fucking weekend, I told them the first phone call we had, I told them, if y'all want to really pull this shit off, you got to do something big. All the little Philly promoters that's doing Atlanta this, Atlanta that promoting these little weekends are latching themselves on to Atlanta promoters. So they already have the data and the people to program the shit and put them in there. They're just hoping that if we can get 20% more people to come from Philly, Jersey, Delaware than we normally have, it's a win. Even if we give these niggas the 20%, it's a win for us. They don't we gonna give make a more money. We're going to make more money. It doesn't matter. So I said, if y'all want to do this shit in the way y'all describing it, y'all not looking to partner with nobody from Atlanta. You got to have an A artist in order to drive the type of traffic you want to come in. But it's going to cost you $150,000 to pull this off. Mm -hmm. My first suggestion was 4 PF weekend. You do Doug on Friday. You do Baby on Saturday at a mega club, a compound, something like that. And then you do his girl Jada on Sunday with a day party. With Des Dior or what have you, or without Des Dior, done deal. It's gonna cost you one hundred fifty thousand. Baby want ninety thousand. Doug want forty thousand. That's one thirty. Jada want like fifteen. That's one forty five. Adding all your marketing. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba da ba ba ba. And expenses, all of that shit. It's gonna cost you 150. You gotta put half of that money up out front, so 75 grand. But if you put little baby, 42 Doug and Jada on a flyer, Philly to Atlanta, 4 p.m. We, you're going to triple that money before you even open the doors. But you can't be afraid to put the money out in order to get back what you're trying to get back. Right. Second option was Lil Dirk. Dirk ended up doing a party in Orlando on that Saturday. Mm -hmm. Or it was Orlando or Tampa, one of them, somewhere in South Florida. And Dirk won $85,000 to walk into a nightclub. I got a relationship with them. Like I said, I booked Dirk when he was 12000 I booked Dirk when he was seventeen five. I know all his managers. I know his booking agent. I can call him on the phone right now. Like, we have a very good relationship. I booked Dirk five times. Um. So the second option was Dirk. 
yo, you do something around dirt, you put some other little shit, da da da, but you have dirt, that's gonna drive the traffic for the whole weekend. Right. You even put dirt Friday to where now you can do some bullshit Saturday and Sunday, and you can just, once you get the thousand people here, where they go, don't fucking matter. Exactly. So it became a situation where it's like, it's all this different stuff. You had uh, Ron, shout out Ron. Ron had his weekend at the end of April, uh, end of uh, February into March 1st. Boom. Then you had All Star popped up. Then you had Grammy weekend, which is this weekend that just passed that we did. So we're either directly or indirectly competing with all this shit, which is why I said you need an A lister in order to, at least a hood A lister, to pull all of this shit together and overcome all of this. I saw an aggregate for All Star Week and it had like 90 parties on it over a four day span. Mm -hmm. Like, what type of city do you have where your market can support 90 parties over four fucking days? Right. That's a hell of a market. But the blowback from that is the following week when we pull up to town with our little fucking dog and pony show, the whole air is sucked out of Atlanta because we just had 90 parties, nigga. Right. Y'all at least needed to wait another two, three, four weeks. Let us put some more money in our pocket before we come out to y'all shit. So the problem that went wrong with our shit is we had about 400 people from Philly, which is great as far as migration goes. The problem is we didn't have nobody from the local markets because we was doing everything on our own. So the Atlanta promoters essentially boycotted. It didn't support none of the fucking events. So none of the locals came. Right. It was all Philly Trusty and people that we knew from Atlanta or whatever, which is still an extension of Philadelphia. People who moved down there, people who didn't. Exactly. Here. So that goes into my initial statement in through all of this. When the, when I got the call to do this, I basically told, it was a conference call, I told everybody on the phone, hey guys, I don't throw parties anymore. I'm not interested in throwing parties anymore. I don't need to do this shit. I'm cool to just go kick it with my girl, go to, go to Aruba, go to Tulum, wherever. I'm not chasing this money because it's going to cost me money as far as buying into the event plus all of my expenses because I got to move in a certain way when I go places, right. especially in an urban environment. I got to fucking have a certain type of rental car. I got to stay at a five-star hotel. I got to make sure that my girl got what she need. I got to make sure I like it's a whole presentation. So it's going to cost me however much money to buy into the event plus another 5000 just in move around expenses buying sections this this and this i could just keep that money that 10 12 15000 dollars and do nothing or spend it on something else with no expectation right. for the money to come back so now where the problem comes in at is where you you trying to move you trying to migrate up to a thousand people from your home city market to 800 miles away if everybody's not moving as a unit you're going to get what you get you want to get 30 40 percent participation which is what happened so instead of a thousand which we was planning for you got 400 which was cool it paid the bills but i stopped throwing parties for the sake of oh it was a good look but it wasn't a good paycheck yeah, yeah, yeah. a long time ago I've been stopped doing that. You know what I'm saying? And it just reminded me of a spot that, like, it felt like 2013 again where I was, like, chasing and just doing shit for, like, the sake of doing it or having people talk me into shit that I'm just like, 
this is dumb, but I'm going to just do it anyway just to appease somebody. And it's like, nah, you got to make yourself happy at the end of the day. So with this being said and done, if y'all see me promote anything else in the future, know that I'm. 100% in control of everything because that's the only way that shit is going to go the way I needed to go as if I'm super hands on with this shit and I wanted to be basically treated like an artist through this process I wanted to fucking promote buy my fucking section show up that's not what happened I gotta fucking work I talked to ESTG manager 52 times on Saturday I'm trying to force these niggas to promote the event they doing whatever the fuck they doing drugs whatever the case may be <laughs> fucking Pusheisty brother died a week in ahead, ahead of the event Instead of him doing the honorable thing and saying, yo, my brother died. I ain't really doing no events. Da, da, da. Take y'all bread back. If y'all got to book another artist, whatever, whatever I understand. He just keeps the deposit, never promotes the event, has his minions promote the event. And then he shows up 20 minutes before the event is over, perform three and a half songs and then leaves with $35,000. So it's just like, what? Like. Shit like that. There was a time where shit like that would get you hung over a balcony. Right. It's not like that no more because everybody wants to be prided on doing good business, but on the artist's behalf, they don't do good business. Right. They do whatever the fuck they want to do because they feel like, oh, well, you promoted me, so that's enough. And it's like, nah, dog, you could have stayed the fuck home. Like, if you're not going to support the event or you feeling lethargic or you have a real live tragedy, give the bread back. But these artists never give the bread back because they are tricking. they are fucking whores. Yeah, they don't stand for nothing. So whether your brother died or not, you are so much of a whore for money, you're going to show up somewhere you don't want to be, somewhere you did not promote. Don't give a fuck about the turnout because you want the rest of this $35,000. And that shit just let me know I can't deal with this shit because these niggas will make you kill one of them. Like, this is real big money on the line. Yeah. 35 grand for Pooh Shiesty, 10 grand for ESTG, 10 grand for Dream Doll. Dream Doll fucking... I said I'm naming names today. Fuck everybody. Dream Doll. <laughs> soon as she get off the plane in Atlanta, she calling my man Co. Yo, I'm trying to pick up the back end of my deposit. Da da da. Why? The party is at ten o'clock. You contracted to come at one o'clock. Why are you looking for the back half of your money and it's one in the afternoon? She was contracted to come at one a.m. Yes. Okay. She calling him at one p.m. trying to get her back half of her money. For 1 a.m., but you are duly promoting the hairstylist Arrogant Tay private birthday party alongside our shit. And you are paying to be there because you bought this nigga Cartier bracelet. We paying you. So, again, the whore shit. Not calling this woman a whore, but the thought of being a whore for money. You spun XYZ on Tay birthday gift because you were expecting for it to come back because of this booking, which for our booking, you may or may not have even shown the fuck up. But you would have had that money in your pocket and then it would have been a whole nother thing. So this is the shit that these artists do in the games that they play. And the shit just puts me in such a bad state of mind and just like just gives me so much anxiety. I would just rather not deal with it. Because there's no consequences for these people's actions. Because what, you going to take them to court? You going to go litigate a fucking case over five, ten, even $30,000? It's going to take you five years to settle it. And you may or may not get your bread back. So there's Man. really no recourse for somebody that's in that position. You got to take it back to the uh, to the big U days. Yeah. Damn. I had a situation in the past, right? At Vanity Grand. We had Book Shiggy. Right after the Drake video came out and all that, Book Shiggy the host. 
We close that. Oh, the little cheeky show. <laughs> little nigger boy. Gonna shuck and jive and shuck and jive. All right, yeah. So club closed at four. He's contracted to be there at two a.m. This nigga shows up at three twenty. He get there. Yeah, no, we you know we listen. I'm done talking to you. Talk to my head of security. Head of security again, the same one that do security with Jay Z and Beyonce. He's my club security. He said, "Listen, man, we contracted for this time. You already been paid X Y Z amount of money. Like at this point, we just got to get you in the club. People are here to see you. This, this, this. Well, no. What about the rest of the money? He said, "Yeah, the rest of the money's not happening. You know what I'm saying? It's like and like." We could really make this like an uncomfortable situation for you if you want it to be. It's six of y'all. I got 15 security here, not to mention all the street niggas that's here. Like, you need to walk in this club. You know what the fuck Shiggy did? Walked this stupid ass in that fucking club and got up on stage and did the Tootsie Roll and some more shit because he didn't want to get his fucking head cracked open. Because you are doing bad business. And there's consequences to doing bad business. But these artists and these Influence and shit like that Think that it's not But he learned that night And he got to go back to New York And tell Yeah no them niggas at Vanny Grand They don't be fucking around Like I showed up an hour and a half late For this book And niggas made me get up there And do the Tussie Roll For 30 minutes <laughs> <laughs> But he had to hold that L Because you You Like they want everything To go one way You want it to be like In the words of Marlo You, you want it to be one you want way it to be one way But it ain't that way Yeah You know what I'm saying But it's like When you when you, you at a disadvantage When you in somebody else's market though Right And you know what I'm saying You can't really like Play that game Where you can't put the box, press You can't put the press on And box niggas in Even with uh, a whole You can't do it Because you're at a disadvantage Because you don't know Where it's going to go Yeah Because the 400 people Who came with you Was looking for a good time And brunch they not there on some we gonna mash the fuck out yeah, of they not, they not thinking we gonna DDT Pooh yeah. and take the bread. <laughs> <laughs> so I say all that to say, and I think I told a nice, tight, concise story. Pretty good. I say all that to say that I, I, I'm waving a white flag. I, I had questioned it. I'm not going to lie. I questioned it. I questioned it. it. When, 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 I, when I saw that it was going to be like an official thing, because I remember you put it in like the group chat, and I was just like, all right. I, that's how I was yeah. just like, all right. Cause, and, and somebody, who the fuck asked me the other day, where, like, I thought you was done. Who the fuck said that? I think it was Ted. I think it was Ted. It was like, yeah, I thought Chad was done. And I'm just like, I mean, he's doing this shit for his birthday. You know how that shit go. Or was yeah. it Ra? It might have been Ra. It yeah, was one a, of them. As a promoter, right? All right. So inside inside the uh inside the promoter uh league or whatever, uh, as a promoter, your most equity that you have is around your birthday. Like you like I've been able to fucking rebottle and package and sell my birthday five times in a month before. Mm-hmm. Like, because people they want a reason to come somewhere, yo, so and so birthday. And I do enough goodwill throughout the course of the year, tricking on bitches, paying bitches rent, getting their hair done, helping niggas out when they fall, when they fucking need a deuce till payday. Shit like mm-hmm. I do enough to where it's like a motherfucker really can't tell me no. Like to where it's like, yo, you got four shots to come celebrate my birthday with me. Like they're going to come to at least one, two out of four. So it's like, you know, if you have a good name, you have a lot of equity in, you know, your birthday party as a promoter. And it's one of the times where you don't necessarily have to book talent in order to make a good amount of money. You know what I mean? So, but, you know, at some point I just understood the game on a visceral level and knew, like, in order to make the big bucks, you got to do, like, celebrity-driven parties. Because when you have a celebrity, it, it creates a hook where – 
you sell more tickets, you sell more bottle service, you sell more port liquor, you park more cars, and if you're in on that whole 360 of that sphere, you make considerably more money. Even if you're busting it down with somebody, going back to the example from the regular show, I can have 100% of a $2 million company or I can have 50% of a $100 million company. Mm -hmm. So it's like I can have 100% of a $2,000 event or I can have 50% of a $40,000 event. Which one do you want? You know what I'm saying? But this weekend officially finished me. As of right now, it's uh, 4.57 p.m. on uh, Monday the 15th. I still don't know what the numbers are. Haven't seen no numbers. I don't know how many online tickets. I don't know nothing. All I know is I put out a fucking $5,000 deposit of ESTG, and I want my money. Because I don't expect much more than that. So it's like... But the whole experience is like it literally went as bad as it could go in terms of like me setting the expectation of how I don't want shit to go and then it go in the complete opposite fucking direction. Mm. I will say this. It does definitely seem as though this ain't a knock to nobody. Maybe it is. I don't know. The, the, the level of class has gone down significantly. Completely down. Across the board. Just all the way through our, our culture. Yeah. It's like the, back in the day, it's like motherfuckers wanted a reason to get dressed up and be yeah. classy. You know what I mean? Now motherfuckers just want a reason to go somewhere and be nosy just to say that they was in attendance, no matter how terrible they look or how terrible everybody else looks. And I remember this from back in the day. When we would go out, shit would pop off, maybe. Yeah. But it would have to be a real deal. Like it was almost like a yo, we going somewhere where we we going to so and so, so we gonna act, we gonna act like we know how to act. Exactly. You know what I mean? We policed ourselves. Right. That's why that shit in State Forty Eight yesterday was so fucking ridiculous. Because yeah. it's like this shit ain't been open three months. Yeah. And already they had a Royal Rumble. It's already. embarrassing. It's, it's embarrassing. Just... Is that and that's really how I be like? You look at all these different cities, and that, I, I feel like honestly, that's the reason why my fuckers like going to these hood bars because they can yeah. be as ratchet, yeah. and that's where that whole culture comes from. Ratchet culture. It's like back in the day, there was no going downtown and being ratchet. Fuck no. Going out to Adelphia's and being ratchet. It's just no. You yeah. like <laughs> fuck no. In Adelphia's, you you getting sent home. You know what I mean? But. That's really where it's become. It's like, oh, I can go to the bar down the street from my house yeah. with slippers on, with a scarf. I've seen bitches go in there with fucking scarves on. Rollers in their hair. Dog. And, and pin, just, pin twists, all that shit. Like, shit is crazy. Oh, also, one more thing about ATL. I attempted to go to 2 Chains. Uh, I'm a quotation mark, call it a restaurant. Escobar um, in Southwest Atlanta. That shit is the trap, yo. Okay. That, that it's a racket and it's the trap. Number one, it's like on this like weird like nondescript block where there's like three other businesses and it's like a street that like fork forks this way and then there's the highway that like goes this way and he's a part of that strip where it forks at. They have created their own valet parking. In like in the like you know the the lines in the street mm -hmm. on the side was like a loading zone or a bus zone or whatever. That is now the valet parking setup, and it's eighty dollars to park in the loading zone. Jeez. But the valet person gonna watch it so nobody bust your window out because they be busting windows up the street. That's what he told me. And <laughs> for a restaurant, they stop serving food at four p.m. on Saturday. But the rest, but the party just goes on forever. Jesus. But this is a restaurant. And they stop at 4 p.m.? No more food after 4 p.m. Day party going on. Ain't no food. 
we focused on these fish bowls and these bottle servers. That's hookahs. crazy. Garbage. Complete fucking garbage. I was trying to understand, like, yo, I was like, yo, they food picks look pretty good online, da da da. Why do they have a 2.9 star rating on everything? On Yelp, on Open Table, on just random people? <laughs> like, everybody's like 2.7 stars, 2. Point. I'm just like, oh, this is why. It's terrible. Damn. I pay $80 to valet park my car, which I parked it myself because the valet was smoking a blunt, whatever he was doing. <laughs> and he come running over, yeah, big dog, this valet. I said, like, all right, cool. He was like, uh, I was like, how much is this? He's like, it's $60 to park, but we take tips. I'm like, you didn't do nothing. <laughs> like, what? We take $60 in tips. Yeah, but we take tips, though. Like, <laughs> How do I know the number is not 40 and you telling me 60 and you already building your tip in and then asking right. for another tip? Because it ain't no valet supervisor out here. Like, like my homie has a his, sign. Yeah, my homie, Ronnie, has his own valet parking company. So it's like when I when I go to Sullivan's and shit like that and they are there and I know he there and he working, I know the rest of these niggas on their P's and Q's because the boss motherfucking here. You know what I'm saying? And he got about seven, eight sites where he do valet parking at. So it's like, yo, you just a nigga out here with a blue shirt on. I don't know what's going on. You could be the nigga busting windows out for all I know. That's and you funny. just switched your hustle. I'm parking cars now. <laughs> That's funny as shit. I used to bust windows a week ago. Now I'm parking cars. It's 60 and we just tips. <laughs> I just parked my own car, bro. That's funny as shit. N nonsense. I remember they were trying to charge us more to park valet and have our shit sitting in the front of Wet Willie's. We had all the cars. <laughs> and I was like the only one who like argued it. Like, why the fuck would I have to pay you more? When you want it sitting up front. Yeah. Like, you want it here for the You aesthetic. want it for advertising purposes. What was I? I mean, look, just, uh, <laughs> yeah, how about 40 a car? Because they was trying to charge, like, 80. Of course they was. Y'all got it? I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, and I literally, I, he was like, yeah, it's, uh, it's 60 for valet, but 80 to be up front. And I'm like, what's the, what's the whole purpose in it being up front? He's like, you know, so here, you know what I'm saying? Look, I'm like, so that helped y'all out. Yeah. Take my shit to the back. <laughs> He's like, no, we want to be up front. I'm like, well, if you want it up front, then why the fuck would you charge yeah, us more discount. to have it up? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That shit was just bizarre to me. <laughs> but he really, I was like, take you, take my shit to the back. Yeah. Ad Atlanta is not it, man. Like, and like, there's like nowhere good to eat. And it's weird. Like, once upon a time, you go to Atlanta, you had fucking Gladys and Ron's chicken and waffles. You had, uh, Houston's before they fucking T.I. put them out of business. You had the Shark Bar. You had Justin's. Like, you had real deal, like, spots. That shit is terrible. I went to New York Prime last night in Bucket. That was actually pretty good, but that was, like, the only, like, reputable prime steakhouse that's down there other than STK, which is terrible. So it's just like... It, so the Atlanta move is not it? It's, it's kill the Atlanta move. You like 100% Miami? 100% Miami. I'll take Tampa over Atlanta. I'll, t <laughs> I'll take Fort Lauderdale over Atlanta. Like Atlanta is the, is the trap and is trashy, and I don't want nothing to do with Atlanta. Well, there's that. Yeah, that's that. But uh, I got nothing else, man. But uh, I hope you all enjoyed this uh, edition of Masterpiece Theater. <laughs> Host, hosted by me. Fucking men on Atlanta. <laughs> uh, I got nothing else. Um, we we're 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 rolling. Yeah. Podcast is rolling. We're making money. Yes. We got a Patreon now. Um, 
Support the Patreon, support the YouTube, support the regular release. Just support everything, man. You know, we gonna get some merch back rolling. Yes. Uh, we, we, me and Chad are trying to get to Miami. Yes. So that's the goal for twenty one. Yeah, to get to Miami, and then we gonna have a going away party. This this how we kill them. We do the going away party to to go to Miami and make them give us thirty thousand dollars to leave. I'm with that. <laughs> get away from them. I'm with that. Yeah. I get some uh, some casual luxury. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What's the the Italy? The Italia? What is it? Atelier. Atelier. There you go. <laughs> throw some Atelier shit on and we pull up. So that's yeah. how we'll do it. Yeah. Uh, you got anything else you want to throw nah, in there? Nah, man. I'm burnt the fuck out. I got to get some sleep. Yeah, we got three episodes. Well, two, one big episode. And this episode, yeah. we did we did a lot today. Yes, we did. Pri- uh, Media Mondays. TRPA. Bong. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.